Good evening, folks. It is Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Eastern, just like I put out in all the tweets and all the Facebook posts. That can only mean one thing. It's time for another episode of Live from the Armory Wrestling Radio Show. I am your co-host, Bunkhouse Bob. Joining me in just a moment, as always, will be the lovely Laura Lyons. Folks, we'd like to thank you for joining us tonight, wherever you may be at. Uh, one brief thing, we would like to send out all of our uh, thoughts and uh, our well wishes to uh, the folks in uh, East Harlem uh, in that fantastic building explosion earlier this morning. A uh, lot, of, lot of sadness this morning uh, in New York. So uh, our thoughts are with you on that. Folks, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can uh, reach us. Uh, our, uh, our address for Twitter is at from the armory. And uh, I'm going to bring in uh, the lovely lady, Laura, who is exhausted exhausted tonight folks because she had to put a new battery in her car i sure did bob you know when you're single and have no man around you got to do for yourself that's what i'm talking about a girl that can work with tools and get your minds out of gutter (laughs) folks we're talking about wrenches laura what's our facebook uh, page information for all of our good listeners um, and let's see here. It is at um, facebook.com backslash live.armory.9. And I would like to say thank you to everyone who has sent us a friend request in the last week. We've probably picked up 10 to 15 new friends uh, Good. from uh, last week. So welcome to the crazy world in which uh, Bob and I uh live in called live from the armory i think you will uh enjoy the ride that's for sure it's we don't we don't promise a lot but we do promise uh to be fun so folks and you're talking about crazy it is going to get crazy tonight because we're letting the dogs out tonight and i would play a track that has dogs barking on it but we ain't got one so we just have to do it we have to do it the old-fashioned way like that exactly Exactly. Our folk, our guests tonight, folks, in the 8 o'clock hour are going to be Hollywood Chuck and Rodney Mack. You may remember Rodney Mack from his days in the WWE. He had a little thing going on with Teddy Long that he called the uh, five-minute white boy challenge. You remember that, Laura? You know, actually, and I hate to say this, I was not watching wrestling at that time, but I did my homework a little bit, and I did see that that's what happened, and um, I hate that I missed that. It sounds like it was at least entertaining. Teddy Long uh, would do commentary or did commentary on a couple of the matches and uh, had quite a few things to say that perked up the ears on uh, at least me and on the on and you could tell by the crowd and uh, very interesting concept. And we'll talk with Rodney Mack about that uh, later on this evening, folks. Our studio line, if you'd like to join us, two one three eight one six one six zero five. Again, Hollywood Chuck and Rodney Mack will be joining us here in the 8 o'clock hour. On March the 26th, we are going to be looking for a guest co-host for the night because, as you may know or as you may not know, this is what Laura and I do part-time for fun. We both have regular everyday shoot jobs that we have to go to, and unfortunately Laura is going to be out of town on the 26th and will not be able to be with us on the show. So what we would like for you to do... We would like for you to tell us on social media why you should be the guest co-host, either in a tweet, 
a Facebook post, a Vine, Instagram picture, however you want to express it, however you want to do it. We would like for you to put that up, and we will announce the winner live on the air uh, on our March 19th show. So if you'd like to be guest co-host for a night, send us, uh, send us something on social media and tell us why you should be here because Laura's got some boots to fill, folks. I mean, she is, I've said it before and I'll say it again, she is the glue that holds everything together. I rely on her, so I'm going to be leaning on whoever does it like a whipping post. <laughs> it's the truth. Oh my goodness. It's the truth. <laughs> well, I think we both, um, you know, lean on one another. <laughs> well, I'll I'll be especially hard on this person because if something goes wrong, then I'll I'll You're have them to blame. Right? Absolutely. Why exactly. would I blame myself? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Excuse me. Laura, I noticed that um, earlier this week I was going through some stuff on, on social media, and I saw where it was announced that Booker T uh, from TNA, WCW, WWE, so on and so forth, his promotion, Reality of Wrestling, has signed a deal to televise the promotion in an estimated 40 million homes and I was not familiar with this network. It's called the Soul of the South Network. Cities like yeah. Orlando, Dallas, Chicago. I didn't realize that Chicago was in the South. And more will be included. South by Chicago? Well, maybe so. Uh, more will be uh, included. And the whole thing, from what I've been told, is that they're going to air this in a prime time slot. Uh, and I looked this up, and it, and it gives on, on Booker T's post that gave out all the different channels, Dish, DirecTV, so on and so forth, how you could, how you could view this. And, and I get DirecTV, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep an eye on this. Um, I'm wondering, though, how in the hell this happened? Because uh, I'll be honest with you, Laura, I had heard of the promotion because I know that Booker T's son, one of his sons, wrestles for that promotion. So I, I had heard oh. of it, but I have never heard uh, one, or never read or heard one prom, one self-promoting. I guess is the words I'm looking for, self-promoting tweet right. or any information on this. And and I was looking through social media, and there were several people who were like, "What in the hell is reality of wrestling?" No one had ever heard of it. So. I will be truthful with you. I haven't either. I'm I'm confused. I, I, this is supposed to go in 40 million homes, and no one's heard of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's what I think. I find really hard to believe is that they have a television deal, and no one has heard of this promotion, or if they have, they don't know a whole lot about it, or you know, Booker T's name alone will, will bring people in, that's for sure. But, yeah, I'm just as uh, flabbergasted as you are because this doesn't make any sense at all. I, I am almost positive that this promotion is based out of Texas, and I'd have to do some more research on it, and, and maybe I will, and we'll, we'll bring it up again next week. I just saw that, and, you know, the channels that, you know, that it listed on, you know, for DirecTV and, and dish and all that, 
the normal fare that's on those channels are is is strange stuff. I mean, it's it's you know kind of like infomercial, then like a local program infomercial, you know, some other type of program. It's not named programming. So I don't know. Like I said, I thought I'd pass it on. If you folks would like to, to look into it yourself, uh, the website for the promotion is www.realityofwrestling.com, and you can, can go look at that. But I was just uh, I was very surprised at that. Um, well, keeping our with good our, friend George Cole is telling me that um, it's an indie federation, of course, it's Booker T's. He says right. it's actually quite good, solid wrestling, and they bring WWE guys in. See, now, th- this this already piques my curiosity. I, I knew I, I should have done a little more homework on this. I smell something in this, Laura. I, I smell, I can smell it like I can smell grease burning in a pan. I would be willing to bet because I'm I am a betting man. I would be willing to bet that there is a how shall we put it, a silent partner involved in this. Oh, it wouldn't surprise me. And I think that that silent partner's initials would be VKM. Could be. Although George just told me that they're linked to the NWA now, but I'm sure since Booker T does have a legends deal with WWE. I'm sure WWE guys will still come in. I mean, I'm it sure that there are Yeah, I am sure that there are more than one fingers in the pie. We'll put it that way. Oh, yeah. I, I I would be willing to bet. Um keeping with our Southern Smackdown theme and I'm not talking about the South Side of Chicago. Uh I wanted to thank John for reminding me about this. I wanted to give a shout out to Power Slam Productions, which is out of Mississippi. Uh, you can find them on Facebook. Uh, if you just go into the Facebook search and, and put in Power Slam Productions, uh, that's another promotion right over here across the state line for me that's been, uh, been doing some stuff, getting involved with some stuff. And we'll talk about uh, a few others uh, about wrestling that used to be a, a real hotbed in this area. A lot, a lot of people know that the area that I live in, which is northeast Louisiana, uh, was affiliated with Mid-South Wrestling. And at one point in time, uh, there was a big loop that was made through this area, and now not so much. And it's been kind of left up to the Indies to pick up the, to pick up the slack. So we're going to be talking about a couple others. But we're going to move our way up the coast a little bit, still in the south. But Laura had attended a milestone uh, wrestling event this past weekend. I sure did, Bob. And um, it's in Hickory, North Carolina, at the National Guard Armory, which I felt it was very fitting um, to go there. And I was, um, I had talked with um, Crystal. Hey, Crystal, um, give you a shout-out. She is Terry Houston's girlfriend, so I was going to meet her there, and we were going to watch wrestling. And uh, I walk in the door, and who is sitting at a table at the door? The freight train. Very he cool. He was there. He was, signing autog- he was signing autographs, and I got an autograph, and he remembered me from uh, $5 Wrestling and from WrestleCade, which tickled me to death. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Crystal and I, we kind of we sat in the back. 
with Freight Train and watched all the action. And the the thing that I could compare it to would probably be the Indies North Carolina version of ECW. Okay. Because these people, <coughs> pardon me, they put it all out there. I won't go through match by match, but I'll just do some highlights. The first match was Big Donnie and Little Donnie versus Jeff Hart. And for the life of me, I cannot remember the the, the guy's name, and I do apologize. Um, it was a good match. Uh, the Donnies happened to win. Um, Any time that Big Donnie and Little Donnie are in the ring together, mm-hmm. it's guaranteed to be a good match. Um, some other highlights were uh, the Young Guns wrestled two luchadors. Very fast-paced, very good match, a very, very good match. Um, Mike Levy and Terry Houston um, took on, oh, goodness, they had a great match. And it kind of ended a little funny because, um, unfortunately, um, Mike and Terry had a little bit of um, Rusty Rodriguez and uh, Trey Chaos. That's who they took on. Um and they and Mike and Terry lost, unfortunately. And there's a little bit of confusion. Terry kind of slapped him at the end of the match, which come into play here in a little bit. Um, yeah. But um, there was a um, barbed wire, no rope battle royal. Yeah. Little Donnie's back afterward looked like he'd been through a meat grinder. Ugh. People got. People got hung up in the barbed wire. Um, yeah. It 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 was just a sight to see. It really, really was. And people, they had thrown little Donnie in. I guess they had forgotten that there were no ropes, so they threw threw little Donnie into the uh, barbed wire, and um, it, it broke. Yeah. So he ended up in the first row. Yeah. It was hardcore, of course. People were hitting, you know, people with, uh, there were some thumbtacks introduced, and Terry Houston came out. He had his kendo stick. He put skewers in Mike Levy's head. I saw the picture of that on Facebook, yeah. That's becoming his new Uh, favorite calling card. I think so. I think so. Um I, I think it fits Terry very well. Um, now, of course, the winner of this battle royal um, automatically becomes the number one contender to the Smash Mouth title. Right. Um, so Terry ends up winning, and he's the number one contender now for Colt 45's um, Smash Mouth uh, Championship. Right. So, the main event was a barefoot thumbtack ladder match with still oh. no ring uh, attire. Um, so, um, so <laughs> it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. Um, they fought tooth and nail. Mm-hmm. It. I'm telling you, if you love hardcore wrestling, you need to go see Milestone. They run a card every month. Um, I mean, it just, 
I can't even describe it. I had such a great time. And Colt 45's opponent was Maniac Mike, and they both had this incredible match. They were barefoot. There were thumbtacks in the ring. The pot of gold had glitter. They look like, you know, I, there for a moment I thought maybe gold dust was in the ring. Good Lord. That's how covered in glitter that they were. And it was just fantastic. Uh, it was absolutely awesome. Um, I got to see a lot of my $5 friends. Um, mm-hmm. Jeff Hart told me that his little girl was almost broken his foot a couple times. So I'm like, yeah, okay, she's going to be a wrestler. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, this little girl broken, almost broken her foot? Yeah, yeah. And the little girl's looking at me like, not me, not me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. And I got to see uh, Terry, of course. Um, King right. Jeremy Snaker was there. He was in the um, Battle Royal. I got... I got hugs and kisses from Freight Train and Donnie. So it's always good to see Big Donnie. He's my buddy. Um, but it was a great match. I even They've got little buttons for sale. They've got little trading cards. Of course, if you saw the $5 Wrestling pay-per-view, you got to see uh, a little preview of the trading cards. But um, right. they have little buttons, and I bought little buttons. And I mean, it was just a really good, solid, uh, hardcore event. If that's what you like, uh then, that's you know, you that's what you got. And I also ran into my good friends from PWX. I ran into um, True God, and I also ran into Craig Veltry. And True God was, you know, running his mouth a little bit, talking about mm-hmm. me, you know, headbutting him or something. I did no such thing. I am a true and total lady. I would never headbutt anybody. Um, Maybe you should have headbutted so, him. Yeah. Well, Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Maybe I should have. Um, but I did not headbutt him. But if you guys are in Hickory, and I believe that's where everything's going to take place from now on because I think they've got some issues with the building in uh, Newton. But, um, you know, it was seven bucks to get in, and it was some good, solid wrestling. And, you know, you got to support indie wrestling, especially these guys. They're out there giving it their all. And these aren't matches that are, you know, Easy by any stretch of the imagination. I'm, I mean, oh, I haven't foot. seen barbed wire like that in a long time. You know. Yeah, a, bare, a barefoot thumbtack barbed wire match, and we're not talking about barbed wire folks back in the day when WCW would do barbed wire matches. They would clip the ends of the barbed wire off, or uh, the barbed wire would be dipped, uh, and they're you know that kind of thing. You know that this is right. what we'd like to call in the South. Is what they call devil wire. So, what the, what I think what we're going to do is, we're going to call a wrestler that was on that card at Milestone. And we're going to awesome. see if we can get a hold of this person. So this is a this is a, a surprise. Colt 45. Yes, sir. This is Bunkhouse Bob from the Live Armory Wrestling Radio Show. Sir, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Just to let you know uh, right up front, we're live on the air. Is that okay with you, okay. sir? Oh, yes, sir. Sure is. Okay. On on the phone with me or on the line with us, as is, uh, is always, is our lovely co-host, lovely lady, Laura. Hi, Laura. Hey, Colt. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? 
pretty good. I've been listening to Laura sing the praises and accolades of your match at yeah, uh, Milestone. How did it How did it go for you, Colt? Well, I come out on top, so that's definitely a plus. Uh, yeah. Real brutal match. Uh, Maniac Mike and me and him have been through some wars uh, over the past several years. Uh, that's actually the third barefoot thumbtack match that me and him's done together. Woo! Now, just so our listeners can get an idea of this, because then you may or may not know this, I've had my own experience with thumbtacks, and and to have thumbtacks in the arm or or to have them on on the back is one thing, but on the bottom of your feet, that's uh, <laughs> that that's a little bit uh, that's a little bit much there, brother. Oh well, it hurts, uh, no doubt about that. But yeah, I did see your uh, picture on Twitter of your thumbtacks and your arm. <laughs> yeah. That that was my uh, that was my experience. I had uh, I had done that in homage to Terry Houston because. Uh, he was uh, involved in in some in some matches, and and I, I told the listeners, you know, I, I can't sit there and and talk to somebody and convey what I know it's like if I haven't done it. So, you know, it's all for the fans. Oh yeah, it definitely does hurt. Now, speaking of Terry Houston, he wins the battle royal at uh, at the event, which puts him yep. as the number one contender. What are your thoughts yep. on that? Well, yep, April 12th, uh, I'll be defending the title against him. It's going to be in a skewers match, actually, his specialty. Uh, oh, Lord. There's going to be hundreds of skewers. Uh, Terry, no doubt, i got a lot of respect for him. He's a tough-ass dude. I actually uh, fought him back in November at a Milestone show. Uh, he came out on top, and him had a brutal match. So, we'll get his shot at the title. So this is going to be a skewer match, and that seems yes, to be that seems to be Terry's uh, calling card as of late. I've seen uh, some of his handiwork that he's done to uh, to Jeff Hart and to uh, most recently uh, Mike Levy. Uh, mm-hmm. That's uh, that's uh, that's a pretty tough way to go. Yeah, I've never uh, actually never had any encounters with skewers. So this was my first time. Oh boy. Well, there's a first time for everything. That's right. Colt, what is uh what did you think of the the entire event for Milestone? Did did were the fans were involved with it and and all that? It, did how did you think that the evening went all together? Well, I think it was uh, one of the best shows Milestone's had in a while. Uh, great crowd, probably. Maybe not the best crowd we've ever had, but definitely it ranks up there. Uh, the fans was involved all show, pretty much every match. They was on their feet. Uh, I mean, I would say they loved it and definitely got their money's worth. Sure now, I know did. That you, uh, I know that you've got this this match coming up April 12th. Is there is there another event that you're going to be at or, or, or for any other promotion that that while I got you on the phone that you would like to uh, to pass along to the listeners? Um, March 29th in Lexington. Uh, I forget what the promotion is called, honestly. But, uh, okay. I'm gonna be on. I'm gonna be on that show. Uh, okay. It's like X something. I can't remember the. Yeah. The, I, yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm you, sorry, uh, Terry Houston wrestles for it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's it. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. be uh, doing it on that show. Uh, that's the only other promotion that, other than Milestone right now. But yeah, I'm definitely. Up for any other bookings. 
Now I I had watched I had watched you compete in five dollar and I, I did not I did not see this match for for milestone but you know I try to keep up on top of things and then follow along on social media and uh, there's quite a few people that are talking about you what do you think of this uh, I don't want to say it's overnight I don't want to say overnight success because that kind of cheapens it what what do you what do you think about the the buzz and and people talking about Cold 45. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, really, I'm shocked. Uh, I've been wrestling for a little over six, probably going on seven years right now. And honestly, ever since I did that $5 show alone, that really got me noticed. Like, like I don't think I've ever been more noticed than after doing that show. Well, I know that uh, the number one contender, Terry Houston, I know that he's been busting his ass for 15-some-odd years in this business, and... He had told me, you know, not both, you know, during the show and personally in private that that he is he is overwhelmed that, you know, at this point in time, 15 years into it, his popularity seems to be, you know, greater than it's ever been. Did when when people come up to you and, and you know and want to get pictures and autographs or anything like that, what goes through your mind? I just think it feels great. I mean, it's always great to have fans, no matter who they are. I mean. Just being a, a regular guy outside of wrestling, you know, just working and hanging with my friends, you know. Uh, some people don't even know that I wrestle, like walking through the mall or wherever I'm at. Some people have no idea what I do. But when I re- wrestle a step in the ring, it's just like a whole other world. April 12th for Milestone Wrestling, Colt 45, Terry F. in Houston in a skewer match. If you had something that you wanted to say to Terry right now, what would it be, Colt? Just want him to let him know that uh, I'm going to give it my all. I know he beat me back in November. Uh, I know he's no doubt a tough son of a bitch. Uh, I just know it's going to be a brutal, hard-fought match, and I'm looking forward to it. Colt, I really appreciate you taking the time to take our phone call tonight, and uh, I'd be in touch with you. I'd, I'd really like to get you on and, and have you on for a, a more lengthy interview if you have the time or the opportunity. Oh, yeah, no, no doubt, man. I really appreciate you having me on. Thanks a lot. That's no problem. Can you do me a favor? Sure, sure can. Can you do, uh, can you do a little uh, recording for us? Could you say something like, this is Colt 45, and you're listening to live from the Armory Wrestling Radio Show? Sure can. You go whenever you're ready. This is Colt 45, and you're listening to live from the Armory Wrestling Show. Thank you very much, Colt. I appreciate your time tonight. Thank you, man. All right. Have a good night. And there he goes, folks. Colt 45 was involved uh, in that milestone wrestling pot of gold match. Barefoot, <laughs> thumbtacks, barbed wire, and all kinds of crazy. I wish you'd have seen it, Bob. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I would have thoroughly Pardon enjoyed me. it. You know, I, I'm sure I would have thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, like I had said uh, previously when we uh, – when we talked about the $5 show, there were a couple of people that stood out to me, uh, and, and he was most certainly one of them. And I'd like to, I would love to see him outside of the $5 wrestling environment because you and I have talked about this before. There is a stigma that is attached to $5 wrestling. You know, whether right, good, bad, or right. indifferent, it's there. But I would have certainly liked to have seen him in a different venue. And, you know, Milestone Wrestling, maybe one day, you know, maybe one day that uh, – Maybe one day that'll happen. I'm certainly, uh, certainly look forward to seeing that. So, you know, to, maybe. Uh, go ahead. 
No, I was going to say maybe, you know, like when you come up for WrestleCade, maybe they'll have a show. You know, they had a show the the night of um, WrestleCade, actually. Maybe they'll have one, like, uh, you know, maybe the next night or something like that. Maybe so. I, I certainly hope so. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see, uh, certainly like to see him live in person. I uh, wanted to give a, a reminder to uh, all the Mid-South Wrestling fans that the Mid-South Wrestling Legends Fan Fest is Friday, April the 4th. This is going to be held in Chalmette, Louisiana, at the historic Seeger Center. Uh, if you're interested in this event, uh, Jim Cornette is going to be there, Cowboy Bill Watts, uh, the Rock and Roll Express, uh, the Midnight Express, the Dennis Condry, Bobby Eaton version, uh, several, several others. There's too many, too many people to list here. We had uh, Matt Riviera on a few weeks ago, and and he gave us the rundown on this. If you'd like information on this event, uh, you can go to www.midsouthlegends.com, and you can certainly pick up all the information on that. And I know Laura that I had put out a message earlier uh, about WrestleCon being that weekend as well. Yeah. Ah, they're pissing me off. WrestleCon has got so... Edge is going to be at WrestleCon. I mean, there's just... I mean, yes. it's just not fair. I mean, there's only and so there's, much time and only so much money. More. I know. I know. I know that, ah, it's killing me. It's killing there's going to be some big, big announcements coming I know they're going to they're going to hold out right to the end, and they're going to put something out that's just going to send me into a tailspin. It it, it probably will. Um, I can't say anything about it, um, but I do know one thing that I think a lot of people are going to be really um, happy about, and you know it's it's going to be you know like a long time coming. But like I said, I can't can't say anything about it right now. But um, you're probably going to be uh, yeah beating your head up against the wall. So. Probably so, probably so, but that's up in the future a little bit. Got big event happening this weekend right in your neck of the woods for PWX. I am so excited. You know how much I love PWX. It's going to be a triple shot weekend this weekend starting Friday night at Club Hush in Charlotte. Um, We would like to remind everybody that Live from the Armory has – a code, and I believe if I'm right, it is PWX um, LFTA4. I believe that's right. I believe that's right, and uh, you get four hours off tickets. Um, they've got great seats still available. Um, PWX, you can't go wrong um, with it. This is their uh, first show at Club Hush. It's called Queen City Rising. Um, but before we get into that, I want to address an open message from Cedric Alexander that was released today. Mm-hmm. And I want to read it. <clears throat> yeah. PWX Management. This is from Cedric. This is an open message from Cedric. PWX Management. I am not interested in wasting time with fancy words or big speeches, so I will just get to the point. I demand another shot at Caleb Conley and the PWX Championship. Caleb didn't beat me at Rise of a Champion. Sure, the referee stopped the match because I was unconscious, but I wasn't unconscious because Caleb Conley was better than me. No, I was unconscious because 
I was naive enough to believe my friend, my partner, wouldn't stoop to hitting me in the face with the title belt just to keep it. I won't make that mistake again. Caleb, I'm putting you on notice. I am coming for you in that PWX championship. I will get my match, and when I do, you won't be hitting me in the face with the title belt again. Next time, Caleb, you will be hitting the mat for the final time as PWX champion. PWX management, give me my match. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So. I, I know that... Uh, I know that you are a huge Caleb Conley supporter, but I, I also know that I also know that uh, that Cedric Alexander is a, is a friend of this show. We've had both of these men on, and uh, and I I consider Cedric a friend of mine. You know, mm-hmm. he's been super nice to me at the PWX shows. You know, right? Well. So I'm, you know, I'm. It's it's kind of it's being torn. Of course, now, you know, when it came down to it, I supported Caleb. Well, this is going to be interesting uh, either way. It wasn't, but uh, a few weeks ago, Laura, that I spoke openly about Mr. Conley. That I spoke about, you know, what I felt what, what was right and what was just. And, you know, and maybe in Cedric's, you know, open challenge, open open talk to PWX management, he might have even put in this quote from Mr. Conley. Quote, I have been the PWX champion for the past year, and I have fought fairly and given the fans what they want. Fighting I fairly. I remember Caleb saying that. Mm-hmm. Yes, fighting fairly. Um, yeah, you know, and I can't, I can't say that he did fight fairly. Um, I can't say that he, he did fight fairly either. You know, but I will say this much, and, I, and I'll say it again. He did give what the fans what they wanted. Now, I know that... He gave um, the fans what he wanted by hitting Cedric <laughs> Alexander in the head with a belt? Come on, Laura. They've been, we've wanting, this, they've been wanting we've Caleb Conley turn he, to turn heel forever. Oh. Not worried about Forever. Caleb Conley whether or not he. This doesn't have to do anything with the, about him being a, a face or a heel. It has him, has everything to him, to do with him being a, a fair and just champion. About him being the face of PWX. About them putting the company on his back, carrying them into the future. Also, the only thing the only thing that they're doing is carrying wrestlers out of the ring at his hands. Well, he had. You can't say he's not fought. And fought everybody that's, that's come along. As a matter of fact, do you know who he beat for the PWX championship? I, I'm sure that you'll tell us. Please do Adam so. Adam Cole. Uh, I don't so, want. We're, we're not going to get into this. We don't have time for another 40-minute argument about the the good greatness that is Caleb Conley. I don't want to hear it. it and that's hear fine. It. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going down that road. I'm. I just read an open message from from uh, Cedric and just put it out there for everybody to do whatever they wanted to uh, with it. So let's go down the card for the first night for um, Queen City Rising. So you've got Caleb me so upset Conley that my dog's barking. You got me so upset well, now my dog's barking because I'm upset. I got you upset over Caleb Conley. You know what you need to do, Bob? You what? need to drink you some Conley aid, just like I do every morning out of my O-Face cup. 
Uh, no, ma'am. I will. I will have some sweet tea. We're, remember, we're in a Southern <laughs> Smackdown mode right now. They got sweet tea flavor too. Um, sweet tea flavored. Uh, don't say that when Rodney Mack and Hollywood Chuck get on the air. I'll never hear the end of it. Carry on, woman. Anyway, here we go. Um, Caleb Conley versus Chip Day, and I've heard lots of great things about Chip Day. I don't know that much about him, but he has been in PWX before, and this match should be really good. We've got Country Jack versus Los Bendejos uh, versus Sin City Saints, Um, and we've got Lodi versus Oliver Grimsley. I've heard good stuff about Oliver Grimsley, too. Uh, the worst case scenario and a mystery person mm-hmm. are going to take on Zane Riley and Lance Lude mm-hmm. and a mystery person. Well, I mean, and, a, and a mystery person. So I'm not exactly sure what's going on. Uh, right. There's a lot of mystery uh, going on here. Jake Manning will take on uh, Mr. Elite Drew Myers for the uh, ITV title. Cedric's going to take on someone. Not they're not listing who that is. Anthony Henry versus Billy Brash versus J- Jackson James. Also mm-hmm. appearing, Caprice Coleman, Chase Brown, um, Mia Yim, Sue Young, and Shane Strickland. Um, still got great seats, everybody. You know, check that out. Uh, second night is going to be in Hickory, and it's called Enemy Territory. Let me make sure I've got that right. I believe that's um, right. Um, and Cedric is featured prominently on this uh, poster, so I do think that we'll probably see something interesting out of this. Um, Cedric's going to take on, we don't know, um, Caleb's going to take on Shane Strickland. Mm-hmm. That should be a good match. Uh, Los Bendejos going to take on Anthony Henry and Billy Brash. Anthony Henry is a really good wrestler. He's been wrestling down in Georgia. The worst-case scenario is going to take on Lance Lude and Zane Riley. Um, I'm not sure who the Sin City Saints are. Uh, they're going to take on Country Jack. Uh, Maya Young, Mia Yim is going to take on Sue Young. Uh, also appearing, uh, Drew Myers, Caprice Coleman, and Jake, uh, the man scout, Manning. Now, the TV tapings uh, for Sunday are at Ziggy's in Winston-Salem, and um, these look very uh, interesting. Uh, I'm not sure if either of the two are going to be on iPay-Per-View. I haven't seen anything that says that. So Mm -hmm. I'm hoping uh, maybe maybe they will because I I do like seeing uh, uh, PWX no matter what. Um, This starts at 5 o'clock. Scheduled to appear, Caleb Conley versus, don't know yet, John Schuyler versus Stephen Walters versus Shane Strickland. There's going to be some kind of six-man tag team match. Uh, Lodi and Zane Riley are going to take on the Sin City Saints. Country Jack is going to take on Los Bendejos again. Uh, Chase Brown's going to take on Anthony Henry. Uh, we've also got uh, Tessa Blanchard is going to be making an appearance. Okay. It'll be interesting to see um, what she's going to be doing. She... Um, uh, weekend before last was with uh, Cameron Cade um, at a show in South Carolina, so should be interesting. Chet Sterling's supposed to appear. Andrew Everett, anytime he's on the card, it's going to be a good match. Lance Lude, one of my favorites. Um, mm-hmm. 
is going to be there. It, it's going to be good. It's PWX. You know, you know it's going to be good. So um, you can visit uh, PWX uh, ProWrestling.com. PWX now has an app that you can download for the Android. I think they're still working on Apple products. But you can go to the Google Play Store, type in PWX. It'll bring it right up. I have it on my phone. I can watch PWX TV anytime I want want to. Um, So it's a good thing. If you're a fan of PWX, go download the app. It's free. Um, Just just do it. And just uh, real quick, Laura, the discount code, folks, for those tickets, if you go to pwxprowrestling.com, is PWXLFA4. If you enter that, you will get a discount off of your ticket. Uh, on, uh, I believe those are not only for general admission tickets, but those are also for other ticket packages. But you can find that information out on PWX's website. So uh, PWXLFA4 is your discount code for PWX Wrestling. Awesome. All right. I wanted to uh, wanted to uh, give a shout-out here to a uh, hometown promotion. I was aware of this promotion, but hadn't really looked a whole lot into it. Uh, the name of the promotion is Bayou Independent Wrestling. They will have a show in Brookhaven, Mississippi, on March 29th at the Lincoln County Multipurpose Center. The bell time on that show is 730 uh, Tim Storm versus Bordell Walker, Falls Count Anywhere, no DQ match. Uh, Andy Dalton and the redneck Dean Malenko, John Saxon, are also on the card. Um, they're going to be having an event, I found out, coming up in May here in my hometown of West Monroe, Louisiana, uh, and I will be at that event. I'm going to I'm going to go to that event, and I will cover it for the show. So very excited to awesome. uh, very excited to find out about it about that promotion. I I had heard something. I thought that I had saw something on, on Facebook on them, and I did a little more research, and I talked to uh, the promoter, and uh, very cool guy. They've got some got some good talent lined up. So that's uh, Bayou Independent Wrestling. Awesome. So we'll get to hear your first report. Yes. I feel like I hog all the um, the reporting. Well, you know, and we're going to talk about that when we get Rodney Mack and, and Hollywood Chuck on here in about 15 minutes, you know, about the drought that is in this area right now. Uh, gotcha. And if Cassidy Riley and Chase Stevens are listening, I am still waiting, still waiting for a Southern Wrestling Superstars update on when the next show is Ooh. going to be. The, the last two, they had two shows last year, standing room only, people hanging from the rafters. So I'm waiting to find out about that. So, but I also uh, I've sent them messages. We'll see what happens. Well, I do hope they respond. I'd certainly hope so as well. Um, there's going to be a great um, card of wrestling for CWF Mid Atlantic this Saturday. It's called Night of Champions. It's going to be at the Mid Atlantic Sportatorium in Gibsonville, North Carolina. Uh, Shane Helms is going to defend his PWI Heavyweight Championship against Zane Dawson. Chet Sterling defends the Rising Generation League Championship against Chris Lee. The Mid-Atlantic Tag Team titles are on the line as the defending champs, the Killbillies. 
Now, that's the team I got to see sometime, the Killbillies. That's a great yeah, name. The, the, uh, the match that they're having against Mecha Mercenary when they had the, uh, the PWI tag team tournament a couple of weeks ago, from all accounts, right. from, from, from what I read, that match between those two tag teams was some of the hardest-hitting wrestling people had seen in CWF in a long, long time. Heard it was wow. just off the chart. I well, well, a name like Killbillies, you know, h- how could it not be? Um, also, Trevor Lee, we hear his name a whole lot around these parts. Um, mm-hmm. Defends the Ultra J Championship against Charlie Weston. Chase Dakota will defend the Mid Atlantic TV title against an opponent drawn at random. I like that idea. I think they ought to start do like, doing that. I do like that idea. When I when I was digging through uh, up the upcoming events and checking out the cards, I saw that and I thought that's a pretty pretty novel approach. You know, not not so much like a a lethal lottery type thing, but just a a one-person random opponent, you know, and it got me kind of thinking yeah. it'd be awful cool if, uh, you know, maybe a promotion interacted with the fans in that particular way and brought out, you know, uh, I don't know, a hat, whatever, Laura, you know where I'm getting at yeah. with this. Pass the and hat, draw, yeah, sure. Draw a name up out of there and let's have a match, you know. I think that's that an idea. Is, you know, it is an idea. It's kind of like what Five Dollar Wrestling did. With their all gimmicks needed, right? You know, they they took ideas from the fans. I think I, I think you're right. I think you know fans would get more emotionally involved in a promotion and want to go there every week or every month or whenever they have a uh, a card and want to be involved uh, and you know feel like they were a part of something. Um, you can find all this information at www.cwf247.com. Also wanted to talk about a card for I believe it's AIWF Mid Atlantic in Mount Airy, North Carolina this Saturday. The Bravados are going to be on there. Um, also, it's called a Crazy Eight. It's a um, kind of a tournament. Our good friend King of the Selfies, Cameron Cade, is going to be there, and yours truly is going to be there as well. It's a, a two wrestling show weekend for me, folks. So uh, I may or may not be any good on Monday, so we'll just have to see. I'll, and I'll report my findings back to you, Mon Capitan. Very cool. I did want to mention um, I did speak with uh, with somebody uh, over this past weekend. I was just, you know, uh, talking to them, uh, checking up, see how they were doing. I, I hadn't spoken to them uh, in a while. Our good friend Roosevelt from TCW. Uh, I asked oh, him what yeah. he had going on. Yeah, I asked him what he had going on, and he passed this message on to me. He is going to be at uh, Mid-States Wrestling Saturday, March 15th, Harrison, Arkansas, at the fairgrounds, uh, 7.30 bell time, and I asked him to send me a, a flyer on this, and he did. And on the flyer, this was really cool, and I sent it back out again. Uh, there is a VIP meet and greet with beautiful Bobby Eaton. So oh, if nice. you are, yeah, it, uh, you know, I, I saw where uh, Bobby had had some health u- issues, had been in the hospital. Uh, evidently he is 
out of the hospital now, and he is back doing what he does, uh, which is very cool. Um, and I did not know this, but uh, Bobby Eaton uh, lives in Arkansas. So uh, he is doing, like I said, a VIP meet and greet uh, in Harrison, Arkansas, Saturday, March 15th. Also, there's a 10-man main event lumberjack match uh, on that card as well. So if you're in the Harrison, Arkansas area, at the fair, in the fairgrounds area, uh, Mid-States Wrestling on March the 15th. So go out and support Roosevelt and and uh, go out and meet Bobby Eaton. I, that's one guy I've said, and you know this, uh, that I would love to meet. I would love to meet Bobby Eaton. My favorite tag team of all time is the Midnight Express, the version of Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane. Oh, yeah, that's my favorite version, too. So that is one guy I would love to I would love to love to meet. So, also I noticed, uh, and we didn't. I haven't had a chance, and I know George is going to kill me on this. I have not had a chance to to sit down and and listen to um, listen to uh, or watch Ring of Honor online. Um, have not have not had that opportunity. But I did see uh, in social media where the young bucks won the ROH tag titles this past weekend. Um, and I was I was kind of flabbergasted. I was I was surprised, but I wasn't surprised because uh Kyle Riley and Bobby Fish have had the belts for a while. And yes, the Young have. Bucks have Young Bucks have kind of been in, kind of been out, uh, you know, so on and so forth. So I was really surprised that they actually won the belts. But I wasn't surprised because there has been a ton of Ring of Honor talent on social media that have been putting over the Young Bucks for six months. And Kevin Steen Mm -hmm. said, you know, they are so good that it's not fair, you know, and and, and just other people. So I just thought it was kind of odd that – they would just come in and win, that there was no program really involved around it that I know of. But, again, I haven't been watching, I haven't been faithful in watching Ring of Honor online. So what do you think about that, Laura? I think you should be beaten with a wet noodle. But that's that's beside the point for not watching Ring of Honor. Um, but anyway, I think the Young Bucks are absolutely phenomenal. You know, they go over to Japan, and, you know, it's it's kind of hard sometimes for American wrestlers or, or what they're called over there, gaijin, um, to get over sometimes. You know, I can think of, like, maybe a handful that were really over, like the Road Warriors and um, Bam Bam Gordy and Steve Williams, you know, really over. The Young Bucks are really, really over in Japan. They love them there. I think TNA dropped the ball big time on these two because they were Generation Me in TNA, and I don't think they really knew what to do with them because they're a smaller tag team. They're not, you know, huge. But, I mean, damn, they can wrestle. I mean, they can out-wrestle just about anybody. And, mm-hmm. and Kevin Steen is right. They are just that good. It's really unfair. So I'm really, I was really glad to see them win the Ring of Honor uh, tag titles. I mean, you know, I have nothing against Red Dragon um, at all. 
they're great too. But it, I think it was probably time for a title change. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I'd really like to see the Young Bucks and the Briscoes go yeah, at it. Yeah, that would be good. That would be a good match. That would be, I would, that would be super. You know, I, I really do think that would be a great match. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't know how you couldn't like the Young Bucks and and be a and be a wrestling, you know, um fan. You know. Well um, going back going back to what you said with TNA, you know, I I I I'm one hundred percent in agreement with you. I think that they didn't know how to use them. Um namely probably I think more because of their youth than I do about right. their size because TNA has had some guys that are smaller in stature, you know, like Petey Williams and you know, there, there are, you know, Chris Saban, you know, the, some of the X Division guys are not exactly the, the biggest guys on the roster. Um, I really right. think it had to do with youth and whether or not uh, at that point in time they would be perceived as a, as a, a and I say this with flattery, I guess, you know, a, a ripoff of the Hardys, you know, that kind of thing. Well, I'm wondering yeah, if, yeah, if, if, if perception yeah. nicks that idea. Um, could very well have. Um, that's interesting. I I didn't ever think of them, uh, you know, but now that you talk about it, yeah, I could totally see that they could be perceived as, you know, a, um, you know, kind of a rip-off of the Hardys, but they were so, they were so cocky, and, and they, they're still cocky, but, I mean, that was the whole thing for me. They were just really cocky. Uh, in TNA, you know, it was all about me, 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 me. And I think they could have um, had some great feuds uh, with, you know, some tag teams there. And, you know, could have – I'm not saying that TNA – well, tag team wrestling as a whole has been just, you know, pardon my French, in the shitter for a long time. And I think, you know, if there's anyone that can revive the – the division, the genre, whatever you want to call it, I think it's the Young Bucks and people like them. Ring of Honor has has a great tag team division. Out of the you know the three big ones, I think they have the best tag team division. Because I you would can agree actually, with that. you know, it's it's not just oh let's throw these people in together and let's do whatever. They actually have tag teams who are tag teams, and that's what they do. You know. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do and how they, you know, they go about it. And um, George also pointed out to me that I did not, uh, I had forgotten, uh, that the Young Bucks are also the new Japan Tag Team Champions. And uh, I don't know if anyone's seen that Ring of Honor has been announcing some new Japan talent coming to Ring of Honor. They did that yesterday and today. So that's probably the relationship that Ring of Honor has with New Japan also probably helped you know, the Young Bucks get those titles, you know? I would say so, and I, I thought that the picture that I had saw of them had them with uh, had them with two sets of belts, but I couldn't quite make right. out what the, uh, what the, the second, other one. What the, what the other belts were. So, uh, yeah, great, great thoughts, you know, and, and I agree with you. I, you know, I, I, I couldn't honestly tell you one name of any tag team in TNA, uh, it, it seems like for uh, the longest time, WWE was 
was dry on tag teams, and then all of a sudden I think enough people complained, and there were a right. boatload of tag teams that are, were competing. Um, and now that they've, they've split some of those up, um, you know, and, and as far as consistency, we'll put it consistency and relevance, uh, Ring of Honor, I mean, I could watch match after match after match of Red Dragon. I just, you know, yeah. for what they do, unbelievable, unbelievable. So, you know, my hat's off to them. Like I said, I was just kind of surprised with no lead-in program that they were just able to go in and, and, and do what they've done. But like I said, Red Dragon has, has had the belts for a while with seemingly no, you know, strong strong opponents. So, you know, right. it is what it is. Folks, I'm going to make a phone call. Uh, in keeping with our Southern SmackDown theme, we're going to get Hollywood Chuck and we'll get Rodney Mack on the line. We're going to make that phone call right now. Hello? Hi, is Rodney there? Hmm, you must have the wrong number. (laughs) All right, thank you. How embarrassing is that, Laura? <laughs> uh, he didn't gave you the wrong number. He didn't gave you the wrong number. Let me see here. This is crazy. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? Ah, oh, God. I was off a digit. See what happens, folks? When you try, I sat here. You know what, Laura? I, I almost jinked myself. I did. I sat here and said, I said, I hope we don't have any technical difficulties tonight. We didn't, except for my stupid fingers. Oh, don't ever say that, Bob. Let's try this one. Hello. Rodney Mack? Yes, sir. This is Bunkhouse Bob, live from the Armory Wrestling Radio Show. How are you, sir? Fine, fine. How are you doing, Bunkhouse? I'm doing good. I am doing very well. I just want to let you know uh, right up front we're live on the air. And uh, with me on the line is my co-host, the lovely Lady Laura. Hello, hey there, how Lady, are you? Laura. Lady Laura. How are you? I'm doing and is, uh, fine. Is All Hollywood right. Chuck with you, sir? Yes, he is. How you doing, Bob? I'm doing good. How are you doing tonight, Hollywood? I'm doing fine. I just want to make sure that I get all these names right, because I noticed on your Facebook page that you have more aliases than D.B. Cooper, because you've got, like, Sweet Daddy Jones, Hollywood Chuck. How How would you like for me to address you tonight, sir? You can dress me as Hollywood Chuck tonight. That'll work. That'll work. And, of course, Rodney Mack needs no introductions. Folks, I'd like to welcome two key members of Louisiana Wrestling, Southern Wrestling, the Big Dogs and the Dog Pound. Hollywood Chuck and Rodney Mack are on the phone with us. If you'd like to call in the studio, the number to call is 213-816-1605. Guys, truth be told, we had a show, I don't know, six, seven weeks ago, with Luke Hawks, and after that show, 
Hollywood, you contacted me, and you said that you and Rodney had some things you wanted to address. I'm a man of my word, and I'm giving you an open mic right now to address those issues. What is it that you would like to say to Mr. Hawks? First of all, uh, Bob, I want to thank you once again for even having the nuts to have us on your show to address these issues. Absolutely. Now that we got that out of way, let's go into business. Let's get straight to the business. One of the things I uh, I have an issue with Lou House because the man is a coward. He refused to answer the challenges. He gets on television in Louisiana and lies to the fans, telling everybody he's the only one qualified to train people and he's the only one who has a wrestling school in Louisiana. But when you do things like that, I feel that you kind of get the business of black guy, uh, all the wrestlers before him from the state of Louisiana. We can go on and on with the one-man gang, Junkyard Dog, Ernie Ladd. Uh, you got guys there now, Rob Price, uh, Rodney and Jazz. Uh, you got great wrestlers there now, Byron Wilcott, John yep. Saxon, uh, yeah, uh, the list goes on and on. on and on and on. So that's my issue with him. He's a coward, and, and uh, I personally, I think he's a worthless seed. What makes you say that? Well, well, look, if I, if I can interrupt myself, man, a lot of stuff that uh, Hollywood uh, was, was putting on Facebook was, was coming from me. Well, man, look, this ain't no wrestling interview. This is a straight-up shoot, if you will. I think Luke Hawks is a piece of shit for the reasons that Hollywood just said, because he may disrespect everybody in the state of Louisiana. Uh, he disrespect my trainer, Rod Price, who's responsible for putting two people like myself and my wife in the WWE and other places. And, I mean, uh, Jazz is by herself a world-class, I mean, uh, a Hall of Famer, two-time world champion. Well, I mean, hey, man, we're still alive, bro. The man talks right. to you know, like, like we dead. You know what I mean? Like we don't exist there. The bottom right. line is I want his ass. And he ain't got the nuts. He ain't got the vagina. He ain't got none of that, that to even answer the call. And then on top of that, well, let's talk the type of human he is. Where Hollywood, if I could just say that for himself, but I'm sure he'll clear it up, where he says he's a wordless seed. Is any man that come on that, that'll say anything about his mama, regardless of the condition she is, is worthless. And I will beat his ass for her since she couldn't do it. That's I how you, I brother. feel about that. I, I hear you. I hear you. Bob, now, let me ask you a quick. Can, can I ask you a quick? You can ask okay. me anything you want. All right, what kind of a man would go on television or, or YouTube, whatever, and, and make comments and call his, his own mother an addict? Well, what kind know, of a man would do that? It would, it would be a man that, that, that is trying to be as transparent as glass. I'm not trying to defend the man's words. I'm just, uh, I'm just repeating what he said. You know, all he was, First, he was trying, what he was trying to do was just convey to folks about his upbringing, where he came from. Now, how whatever he choose to say is what he choose to say. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm not defending anybody. You know, I give you the platform. You, you're, you, you're exactly right. Right. Well, the first thing he need to understand is that addiction is a sickness. Those people don't want to be like this. So for him to go bash every 
pathetic that it is on earth. It's a shame and it's a disgrace because all addicts are not bad people. I speak for the people when I speak, but I beat his ass from pillar to post. <laughs> now, I wanted to wanted to ask you guys, we're going to change gears here for a minute. There there are a few promotions that are in our area, and when I say our area, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to use a broad stroke here. I'm going to say Mississippi, Louisiana, Arkansas area. What, in your guys' opinion, what happened to our area over time with wrestling? I mean, it used to be a major destination for wrestling. There used to be a loop that ran from Jackson over to uh, over to Monroe, West Monroe, over to Shreveport, to Dallas, to Little Rock. That seems to have hey. kind of fallen off to the wayside. What What are your thoughts on on the state of wrestling in our area today? Okay, that, that's a good question. And, and my opinion on that is I feel it's because in the past and even now, the business was too easy to get into, unlike the olden days when they handpicked people. Um, anybody, you know, can get a license now, and anybody can get a promoter's license or whatever. But um, a, a lot of it is not being handled in a professional way. A lot of it, I think, um, the guys just point blank can't tell the story. You know, they weren't trained properly. They wouldn't train old school. Their psychology isn't the same in being able to tell the story. So, therefore, the product won't be the same. And I think a lot of that has to do with that, that, you know, just some guys that been around the block a few years or whatever, been around, you know, think that they have the knowledge uh, to come in there and, 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 and run a school, or maybe they're mad because they didn't make it in school and, and the dad or the grandpa went and bought them a ring and they got a license and started running wrestling. That's... That's how a lot of it got started to me. Well, you brought and up an interesting. You brought up an interesting point. I wanted you to tell our listeners uh, what was going on with your school. What's all going down in Lafayette? Tell us a little bit about what's going on with you all. Um, we're, we're still. We're just really going to start. We're really cranking back up. We've still been around, but uh, I've, that, that was a problem I ran into after the last group of guys and about maybe 07, 08, something like that, um, I found the guys that they just didn't have it. Uh, you know, they they come in and they want it too easy. Most of my guys just quit. That was the problem, uh, you know. And still today, I still have a few, but the majority of people that train with, with me now are older guys that just continue, you know, learning the business. But they uh, there are they very few guys. That, they don't have that no, passion they don't or that have, drive? That's right. They see what they see on TV, and then when they come down to me and I teach them what wrestling, grappling is about, and conditioning and cardio and, you know, psychology, they don't want to hear that. That's not what they're seeing on TV. So, you know, that's not, that, that's, not a, <laughs> that, that, that's not what they're looking for. That's not the real deal. I know Laura's got a couple questions for you all. Uh, yes, Hollywood Chuck. Um how did you get your start in wrestling? Okay, well, that's real easy. Let me explain to you. First first of all, let me say I want to go back to Rodney and I. We were teammates in college in Arkansas, the University of Arkansas, Mono 7. And one of the things that we didn't make it in football, we were going to uh, be, become professional wrestlers. And so I left school a year earlier before Rodney did, and he stayed there, and I went on. And uh, a couple of years later, he was in the WWE, and one night I was watching uh, 
WWE program, uh, uh, if you wasn't a WWE superstar, where would you be at now? And at the time, Rodney had answered the guy's question, and he told him he'll be at uh, UAM coaching the offensive line. He looked in the camera and said, Chuck, I ain't forgot about you, and got in touch with me a couple of years later. The rest was history. And that's how I got in the wrestling business. And what was training like for you, you know, training to be a wrestler? I'm not, you know, you obviously have the athletic background, you know, with, you know, uh, football, but, you know, what was it like training to be a wrestler for you? I'm going to tell you, I trained, I played football all my life. I was two-time All-American all linebacker, all-conference, uh, top 35 recruits out of the state of Mississippi, Mississippi, Alabama, uh, all-star football game, national college all-star. And the training, the condition uh, in pro wrestling, I tell you, I've never got really hurt in football. All my injuries came from training in pro wrestling. So it's a, it's a different kind of training. And, and your cardio have to be up to par. So it's very well, I'm tough. I'm sure to go, yeah, to go 60 minutes, you know. I know uh, matches don't last that long anymore, but at one time that was kind of like a standard. You know, you had a 60-minute match. You're right, and like there again, that was in the older days. Those guys were more tough and more bred that way and suited for that, and they understood. And you can't teach that to younger guys now because it's watered down and sugar-coated, and, and, and they ain't getting the real deal, and that's what's happening. Yeah, it sounds like to me, you know, um, I grew up on Crockett, you know, wrestling and watched it when I was growing up, and, it, you know, Ric Flair would go 60 minutes just about every time he wrestled. You know, Ric Flair was a tough old guy, you know? Right. And and one of the reasons he did that because he understood the psychology of, of pro wrestling. And when you understand the psychology of pro wrestling, you can do things in the ring sometimes to keep the crowd interested in the match rather than letting them go dead by doing the same thing over and over and over again. Guys like Rick Flair understood that, and that's why the the product was a lot better then. I, I I totally agree with you. That way you don't have to get off spot after spot after spot. Like you said, with the ring psychology, you can do things that you don't necessarily have to, you know, tax your body so much by doing, you know, all the high. I'm not putting down the high flying, but I'm just saying that, you know, it just seems like nowadays that's what, you know, it's all about is, you know, how many spots you can get off in a match and, you know, who can one-up, you know, the other. At least that's the way it seems to me. Right. Yes, ma'am, I agree 100%. And to me, there is no art in uh, in that. And there's there's no skill. That's, that's athleticism. In professional wrestling, there's an art to selling. There's an art to uh, to everything. There's an art to being a heel. There's an art to being a baby face. It's not just two guys getting in there and uh, let's see who can jump the most and flip the most and, you know, like you said, up one. Exactly. It, you're exactly right. I, I miss that so much in wrestling. Um, and I'd like to know uh, how how is wrestling in the South different than other areas of the country, I mean, for you? Okay, um, well, that's that's the that's the main thing. Our psychology, like you said, um, well, when, for instance, in, in Europe, 
um, you go rounds. In some places, you actually wrestle rounds like in a, like in a boxing match. Um, on the East Coast, you know, they believe in high-flying and jumping, running and gunning and, you know, and just different areas you go to, you have different styles. But the South is more <coughs> more of a, I want to say competitive, um, you know, uh, strong, not necessarily strong style, but yet more of a, a strong style than it is of a, 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 a I don't know, a high-flying match. Hmm, interesting. Folks, our studio lines, 213-816-1605. Rodney in Hollywood, just recently it was confirmed to me that TCW was on the verge of closing its doors. Does this surprise either of you guys? Uh, Who was that now, TCW? TCW, yeah, traditional championship wrestling out of Fort Smith, Arkansas. No, it doesn't. Why is that? Um, this is, I mean, again, I'm just keeping it real. There's a few guys that he had that was running the, the running the show that was more about themselves, if you know what I mean. That there's a couple of the boys on his team that weren't team players and they're all about themselves. And those same particular individuals, there's no need to call names. Of course, I'm not scared to call their names. I just want to keep it like this. You just backtrack. And uh, they, they just have a familiar record of uh, burning bridges and destroying businesses everywhere they went. Right. Kind of like a couple of bad apples in a, in, in a good batch. Right. One, one rotten apple spoils it. You got it. You took the words right out of yeah. my mouth. Now, and you do a little I'm, bit of research. That one guy's name's on quite a lot of rosters that's been uh, poisoned, if you will. I, I, Bob, how long have you been around the state of Louisiana? I've been here for four years, sir. Well, then you know exactly who we talking about. No need to call I know, him I know who. I, I know the name. I know who you're talking about. Uh, you better wait uh, you on guys, uh, Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I learned a long time ago, brother. I, well, the bad thing about burning bridges is that most of the time when you're running across it, your ass gets burned. So we, I know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> Now, in, TNA had came around uh, in the Arkansas area, and some towns they did really well in. Other towns they couldn't give tickets away. Did you, either of you think that TNA would have any success in our area? I I don't personally, because again it goes back to the old school down south, Louisiana, Mississippi, Arkansas, Texas. We like a story. We like to wrestle. That's what we grew up on Mid-South, on Crockett, on um, on, on the World Class, you know, on Global. That's, that was a whole different style, you know, and that's that's who we are down, you know, down here. And right. it, it's a whole different, yeah, I mean, that's just my opinion. No, and I think it makes perfect sense, and you keep bringing up something over and over again uh, that we've talked to uh, some of the old-timers about. Uh, you know, we've, we've, we've talked to, to Lynn Denton, I've talked to Tito Santana, and that word keeps coming up over and over again is ring psychology and the lack yes, of ring psychology oh. in wrestling today. Um, I asked this question uh, to Cedric Alexander when he was on our program a few weeks ago, and I want to ask it to both of you. 
do you feel that there are more opportunities for African-American wrestlers, both male and female, than, say, just five years ago? Well, yeah, yes and no. It depends on keep, who they are. Right. Keep, keep, keep it real for me. Tell, tell, tell me the truth. I'm keeping have it you, real. Have it you guys ran into this where you're not being booked? Oh. Oh yeah, especially after my run in, in WWE. I mean, I mean, you know, even in WWE, I feel that was my. I mean, no one else could tell you, give you a good reason why they fired me. Um, you know, we just got up one day and they had, they didn't have anything for me, or neither the world champion. I mean, but uh, nowadays, yeah, I think they because they're playing the race card the opposite. Now they're kind of like opening the doors. So it doesn't look so bad, but when you get in the door, you still got to get to the first seat. You're not able to get to the front. Right. It's just a little more camouflage. That's all. That's all. Okay. Okay. It it ain't changed since the beginning of time, man. All right. Interesting. Um, Rodney, uh, looking back over your WWE career, what was the – the biggest, the best thing that you learned when you were there? Uh, just um, just being able to be on that platform, you know, competing with, 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 with the guys I grew up, uh, idolizing and watching like Ric Flair. And, I mean, actually having matches with Chris Benoit and and, uh, and, and the Guerreros and, and Kishi. I mean, the list, and being able to work with Arn Anderson, being tutored by him and Fit Finley. I mean, uh, those... Every day that I ever was uh, employed by the WWE was a highlight for me. You know, uh, it was a dream come true. Well, yeah, to be you know mentored by Arn Anderson, what what wrestler wouldn't want that? That's that's right, that's right, yes, ma'am. And maybe that's why I'm um, a little bit biased towards that style of wrestling. But I grew up with you know JYD and Mid South guys and the Freebirds and. That's the guys that mentored me, so that's that's the style I know. Well, you know, and that seemed to work pretty well for, uh, for you know for Bill Watts, didn't it? Uh, you know the the mid south style of wrestling, and uh, it seemed to be pretty popular and produced a whole lot of superstars. Uh, it's too bad that that can't come back. Well, ma'am, I'm I'm like this. I really and truly do believe it can come back. It's just that people need to go and get trained by somebody who knows the business. And I guarantee you it'll come back because anybody right now can get, and you can take any two guys that can go in there and tell a story, and I don't care what their wrestling background is or whatever, but they'll entertain the crowd. I mean, in my opinion, they'll entertain the crowd a lot more than two guys just jumping around. I, I I totally totally agree with you. And speaking of training, who trained you? Um, well, that's first of all, I was broke into this business by Scandal Agbar and my uncle, the Junkyard Dog. That's how I broke into business. I was going to ask about Junkyard Dog. I thought he was your uncle, and I just I wasn't exactly sure. But that's awesome. That's absolutely awesome. Yes, ma'am. Um, but I give my credit to being trained by Rugged Rod Price. 
he's the guy that took me under his wing first and taught me everything I knew about wrestling. And after I got into ECW, then I, I can I can give you a list of hundreds of guys that I consider trained me and that I learned under. But Rod Price is the guy that I give my total, you know, the total responsibility of getting to me where I am today. That that's awesome. Uh, it seems that you know, it seems as a wrestler as anything else, I would think that you have to constantly be learning. You can't just sit, you know, static and and just think, oh, I've learned everything that I can uh, about wrestling. And uh, you know, do you think maybe that's what another problem is? You know, with wrestlers today, is they think that you know they've learned everything that they're going to, or they don't need to learn anymore. Yes, ma'am, and I always tell my students, and I tell my students, this was understood since day one, that you're a student for life. Um, guys like Undertaker, all all the great guys and the older guys that are still there today, they evolve with the business. And if you don't evolve with the business, then, well, you're never, you're, you're never going to climb the ladder. What's going to happen is you're going to fall back. <laughs> and the only way to evolve with anything is to continue to study your game and your craft and be on top of what's hot today, what's not today. I would I would totally, totally agree with that. Um, let me shift gears a little bit. I wanted to ask you how your twins were doing. Wow. Thank you very much for asking me. They're doing wonderful. Matter of fact, they're training right now. <laughs> Are they really? I, I promise. They train on their own. We don't actually try to make them train, but they actually grapple. They sit right. down and they, yeah, yeah, they actually grapple. They do tight waist, double leg takedown. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. That is awesome, keeping it in the family, right? Uh, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, if you could go back to the WWE, What's one thing that you would like to do or do differently than when you were first there? I just wish that I had a longer run to get in there and prove um, not not only to everybody because that, that's not really important to me, but just to prove to myself because I'm a competitor what level, you know, where I really stand, in which I have done that. I've wrestled. Uh, just about everyone on the roster more than once on several times and, 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 and had, you know, real great matches. But it wasn't, you know, done on national television for whatever reason. I have no idea. But um, I just wish I had a longer run to get in there and really have a match with a guy like Stone Cold who could tell a story, with a guy like Shawn Michaels, you know, who could we can go 45 minutes to an hour and tell a story because, I, I, you know, that's that's what I grew up in. That's the way I trained. That's what I prepared myself for. And still to this day I can go an hour, you know, and I'd love to be able to just, that's what I became a professional wrestler for. Now, this, this question is for, for this, this question is both for both y'all, Hollywood and, and Rodney. What do you guys think of the, the televised WWE product today? <laughs> well, there's oh, a big round of life back there. I got on it now. No, you were go first. I just hey, water down, man. I don't know what it is, man. Water down, soft. Uh, I don't know, man. 
You tell me. Entertainment. That's what they I can sum it up to you. I, I quit watching WWE January 1st because I thought 98.8% of it was bullshit. I tuned in one time in three months. That's, You're that's a smart my thought. Man, bro. Okay. That's what I'm talking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. Now, I did want I wanted to take you back and there there there's a guy that's on there that that I always thought was underrated and that was Mark Henry. Ronnie, what was it like working with Mark and I I think I know I'm surprised and there there seems to always be people that are surprised at his longevity there, given what he's had to work with and, and what he's been asked to do. I, my personally thought this last little go-around that he had with John freaking Cena was probably some of his best work, and I really wanted to see that turn into something big, and it got shelved because of who John Cena is. What, what are your thoughts right. on Mark Henry? Man, first of all, Mark Henry as a person is probably one of the nicest guys and the best human beings that I ever met. He's as honest as you could get, and he will help anybody. He's a great guy. He's soft-spoken. He's got a big heart. Um, and as far as for the side of the business, he always loved the business. He always tried to be as good as he possibly could be. Um, he always tried to study and get himself better. That's why like we were talking about evolving and whatnot, um, he's he's at his best right now because he never gave up trying to get better. You know, right. and I'm not saying he was good or whatever level he was on. It's just right now he's better than he ever was. That that promo that he did in the ring when he was saying goodbye, telling his family he was coming home, crying in the ring, he had me hook, line, and sinker, brother. I was like... Go on home, man. If you got to hang it up, hang it up. You know, and then he turns on him and gives him the world's greatest slam. You know, and I'm like, holy shit. You know, this is what yeah. this is what we need. That's storytelling. You know, the other yeah. you know the other bullshit I can do without. But that that right. was good. I was interested in that. The right. uh, there's another guy that we've we've mentioned that goes back a long way back to WCW days, Teddy Long, and you work with Teddy. Rodney doing a, uh, the five minute white boy challenge, thugging and bugging. Where, where did that? Right. How did that? How did that all come about? Whose idea was that? Um, man, to tell you the truth, uh, from my understanding, that was Vince's idea. That was Vince's brainchild, and uh, really? they were looking for they were looking for a guy, yeah, to fill that void. And uh, New Jack was one of the guys. Um, and, and this is if I'm I don't want to lie I'm trying to tell but this is with Paul Heyman the conversation I had with Paul E and if I'm not mistaken he told me that with New Jack was the guy that they were looking at at first but Paul Heyman came in and stepped in and told him about me and uh, you know one thing led to another and um, when when Teddy and I hooked up Teddy taught me man Teddy taught me the business man what uh Teddy is the epitome of what a manager is. I mean, I had to do nothing but show up to the venue because Teddy took care of my rooms, he took care of my food, he took care of my plane flight, he took care of every arrangement that needed to be. He took care of me. I, I don't know what, you know. He made my job a whole lot easier. 
And, and and not just that part. I learned so much from him because of the guys in the past that he had the privilege of uh, of managing, uh, like Doom. And I got to, you know, through him, I got to get on the phone with Butch Reed and get on the phone with Ron Simmons and uh, and question those guys because they talked. They communicated a lot still. So I learned a lot through them. You know, they used to school me a lot. That's a name I haven't heard in forever was Butch Reed. I, and I, that, that this name just came across me, Ed. You know, and I think that, that's one of the things that we get caught up in in this so-called modern era of wrestling and forgetting about guys like Ron Simmons and Butch Reed and, and some of those guys that paved the way. Um, it's, uh, it's incredible. You, you, you told me, you were mentioning Paul Heyman, and I remember Paul Heyman doing an interview once for ECW, and his whole mentality was, that the idea that or what he felt made ECW so successful was that it wasn't wasn't competitive between the guys because you wanted the guy that you were wrestling to get better so that he in turn could wrestle another guy so they could get better. Is that that's is right. that is that a fair statement? Well, that's I, I believe what you say. I, I agree with. Um... Uh, it, it takes, in order to get better, man, you, you have to compete against somebody better than you in, in order to push you to that limit, you know, to push you to, to your limit, uh, to your limit, to know your limitations and, 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 you know, to get you better just in general. So I, I totally agree with that. You know, I was put in the situations, and, and Paul was great at that, where he put you in situations where, and he told you, this is going to make you or break you. You know, and, and 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 he puts you in situations to better yourself and be over and and you know the whole nine yards. And there was one other thing that jumped out at me too. I I went back there and I watched one of your I watched one of the matches when you were doing the the five minute white boy challenge, and you were wrestling Spike Dudley, and uh, Teddy Long hopped over on commentary and he was with King and and at that time, Jim Ross was was calling matches, and. How much heat did Teddy get you during that gimmick? Because he said he said some stuff to Jim Ross. He said something like, uh, "Jim, I just found out that you had a mammy when you was growing up." Is that true? How much heat did he get you in, in those arenas? Well, I, yeah, I, I got a lot of heat, man. I'm telling you, uh, I don't know why they do this, but you know, WWE would would do some kind of event where you get to win a workout with your favorite wrestler or whatever. And okay. I'd be that guy sometimes, and nobody ever showed up because most of the people that were, were winning were white only because that's just the ratio. And no white guy wanted to come sit and eat you know, lunch with me or, or work out in the gym. You know, I was like, man, I got heat everywhere I went. People would turn to him. Yeah, I got right. Well, I thought, yeah. I thought it was funny when they would do it. At the beginning of the challenge, they would say, you know, Tay Long would come out, you know, and he'd say, you know, we're doing the white boy, you know, five-minute white boy challenge, tugging, bugging, and keeping it real. And it would show middle-aged white guys in the crowd, and they'd all be sitting there like somebody slapped them across the face. Like they, did, they, they were scared to get up out of the chair. That, that, I, I just find it incredible that Vince came up with that. That's some cool stuff. Yeah, that was his deal. Yeah, and he and that I mean, people, you know, they still some of the boys get on like, man, you weren't wrestling, you were killing those guys. Man, Vince McMahon came up to me one day, and I asked him what what did he expect out of me, and he had his glasses on, and with his point of index finger, he pulled his glasses down to the tip of his nose, and he told me, "Kill Whitey." 
anybody but I brought the wood right I I noticed I was going to I was going to say something but I noticed in a few of those matches I went through and watched three or four of those matches there were some stiff shots in there especially that running clothesline oh yeah I I, I swear on everything there's nothing that I ever done that I never laid in and I was taught that way we call it being slug that's yeah and, and Vince told me make sure but but Vince told me to kill Whitey (laughs) <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. If, if, uh, if you watch different matches, you know, and um, I never, I, I never held back anything. But if I was wrestling in, in a, a a different guy, for example, a song or somebody else, I wasn't. Uh, I'm not going to say light or pull anything back. But it wasn't as brutal as it was in the white bar challenge. That was done specifically for a reason. Right. Right. Now the 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 end of that the end of that segment, if I remember right, had you issuing the challenge, and Goldberg, Pyro goes off and all that other stuff, and you go running up the ramp, and Goldberg hits you coming you know coming through the Pyro, and you guys roll down, and that was pretty much right. the the end of it. What what was it, what was it like working with 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 Goldberg for that for that match? What, what did you guys well, say before the match? You know, previously, I've worked with, with uh, Bill on three or four, maybe five or six different other house show matches or whatever. And Bill and I were real good friends. I don't know what, what happened. Uh, that was kind of one of them in-house deals. Something happened where they wanted to kill the white ball challenge. And uh, I, Bill came up to me, and he said, that he said, don't do it, Rodney. And I'm like, do what? And he was like, yeah, let's not do it. And I was like, what are you talking about? He said, there's no reason for that, you know, whatever he had his reason or whatnot, but uh he was he was totally against doing that. Wow. That's interesting. Yep. Now if yeah, uh then, if if anybody in a, in in the area uh is listening and is interested in contacting you all about about wrestling school, how can they do that? Okay, well, they can contact me uh, through my cell number, man. It's uh, every code three three seven, right? Six five four zero two five two, or okay. they can contact Holly. You can okay. contact me at eight seven zero five zero one zero six zero one. Okay, and I'm gonna for anybody that uh, for our listeners, I will put that up on our website tonight. Uh, the contact numbers for for uh, Rodney Mack and for Hollywood Chuck, if you're interested in learning about professional wrestling from professional wrestlers. We're not talking about, you know, a carload of clowns pulling up outside your house and setting up a ring out back and showing you how to do three or four moves and slapping you on the back and saying, good luck, kid. You know, we're talking about two professionals, folks. So what what events do you guys have coming up? Hollywood, I know you're doing something – in Mill- uh, called Millington Mayhem. I do know that. In Millington, yeah, Tennessee. Uh, that's one of Poker's face show. We, we're booked on this show next weekend. Uh, right. On the 22nd. This weekend, we're going to be at uh, Old School Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, West Rego, Louisiana, we're going to be at Old School. 
And I, I'd also like to add, um, uh, old school wrestling also has a school, and it's a very good school that I would recommend if you're not interested, you know, in, in coming to my school, uh, uh, you know, or if it's more convenient in, in, in that area. Um, it's a very fine school there, in the OWE, Old School Wrestling Entertainment, and it's ran by Brian Miller, I think his name is, uh, Mardi Gras. Okay. okay, very, very cool. Guys, I want to thank you very, very much for coming on the program tonight and sharing a little bit about wrestling from your perspective with all of us. I certainly appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule and being with us tonight. Well, it's, uh, I would like to thank you guys so much. Thanks for the fans that always been, you know, behind me, always supporting me. Much love to you guys. Um, and, and thank you guys so much for giving us the time and opportunity to talk to all the fans. Thank that's you, not again, Bob. Hey, that's not a problem. That's not a problem. You guys are, 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 are friends for life. Anytime you need me to do anything for you all, you know where I'm at on Facebook, Hollywood. You hit me up, send me a message. You need to get an event out. You let me know what it is. I'll get it out. Matter of fact, man, we're going to make you, you're now an honorary member of the dog pound. And anytime we got another wrestler out there giving us trouble, we're going to call you and put a hit out on him. We got That's it. how we do it. That's how we do it. That's, That's all we hear. That's it. That's it. That's how we roll. I can do it. That's it. All right, guys, I certainly appreciate it. If I could ask one more favor from you. If you all could just tell me, Dr. Hollywood or Rodney, if you could record a little bump for us to say, this is Hollywood Chuck or this is Rodney Mack, you're listening to live from the Armory Wrestling Radio Show, I would greatly appreciate it. You guys can go whenever you're ready. This is Hollywood Chuck and Rodney Mack. You're listening to that live Armory Radio Show. Thank you, guys. I certainly appreciate it. And, uh, I'll be talking to you all soon. Thank, Thank you. you too. All right, have a good night. See you guys. See you. <laughs> and there they go. Hollywood Chuck and Rodney Mack. I truly enjoyed <coughs> pardon me, talking to them and listening to uh, their opinions and their outlooks on the state of wrestling today. I really, truly enjoyed it. You know, Laura, it never ceases to amaze me, and I know that you and I talk about this. We talk about it in production. We talk about it, you know, uh, during the shows when we get when we get some old old school wrestlers in. The reoccurring theme that comes up over and over and over again is ring psychology. Mm-hmm. Or the you're, lack thereof. You're exactly right, Bob. Mm-hmm. So if you are a young and up-and-coming wrestler and you want to know about the sport of professional wrestling and you're curious about things, that, that term keeps coming up over and over and over again. And from what I have been told, the best way to learn about ring psychology is to take the cotton out of your ears and stick it in your mouth tuck yourself up beside of somebody that's been in the business for a while and pay attention because you'll learn. Exactly. That is very cool. Exactly. That is I very mean, cool. Those two, um, you know, if I was so inclined to become a professional wrestler, I want to learn from someone like those two, you know. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'd I'd went back through like I said and and I had watched uh I had watched some matches, you know, with Rodney Mack and and uh and folks and and it's odd, you know, uh, some of you may know a couple weeks back my 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 lovely wife had gotten me the uh WWE encyclopedia. And after oh. I found out after I found out that Rodney was going to be on the show, I I told my wife I said I know he was in that encyclopedia. And I flipped back through, and sure enough, Rodney Mack is listed in the WWE Encyclopedia. And it's very cool to hear him talk about names, and and I wasn't joking. Some of those throwback names, you know, from the WCW days, of, you know, and, and even further back, you know, with Butch Reed and Ron Simmons. And if I'm not mistaken, Ron Simmons was the, for all intents and purposes, was the first man of color to hold the uh, WCW championship belt. Now, I know that there will be he some people that He was the first that'll... man of color. No, I mean, you're right. He was the first man of color to hold any kind of world heavyweight championship, championship. belt. Now, I know Tony Atlas, yeah, I know, I know Tony Atlas and uh, Rocky Johnson were the first African-American tag team champions, but we're talking a heavyweight champion kind of face of the company Ron Simmons was the first. I mean, right. there's no argument about that. He he was the first. And for some reason, I almost hesitated, Laura, because um, for some reason in my mind, and I'm going back through here and I'm checking real quick. I know that I know that he is, was in 1995 inductee into the WWE Hall of Fame, but I I just went through and I, I wanted to double check something. And I'm right. Uh, for a moment, I almost thought, because he was built from New Orleans, Louisiana, I almost thought Ernie Ladd had held a title at one point in time, and I just double-checked, and, and he did not. For some reason, I think, you know, a lot of times, a lot of people say, well, you know, right. he's in the WWE Hall of Fame. He certainly held a championship. No, he didn't. You know, so, right. you know, going back to that, because I remember what a big, you know, what a big to-do, and, and with all – all, all certainly all rights, you know, deserve, you know, about Ron Simmons winning uh, yeah. the w, WCW championship and and what it meant. And, you know, I, I, you know, I, I thought it was very interesting and, and very informative to hear them both talk, uh, Hollywood Chuck and Rodney Mack, you know, about, you know, what we talked with Cedric, you know, about opportunities right. and, you know, their perspective on it, you know, because, you know, at one point in time, you know, there were only a couple of a couple of black athletes, a couple of black wrestlers that were on anybody's given roster. You know, and and they were so over too. They were just like the junkyard dog was completely over. You know, uh, Butch Reed. You know, he was a heel, but still over. You know, and, and Ernie Ladd. You know, those matches he had with Andre were just you know uh, stuff of legend. I think of I think of Coco Beware, you know, a definite fan favorite. Mm-hmm. You know, it may yes, not Coco have uh, Beware. right. He may he may not have held, you know, uh, you know, a, a ton of titles or, or had you know a ton of accolades, but a huge fan favorite. You know, back certainly entertaining. Absolutely, absolutely. Certainly so, entertaining. But I thought it was interesting to hear their perspective on on, on things and. You know, and, and one of the things, you know, 
the whole the whole time we've been talking about wrestling in the South and and uh, some of the old federations that have been around, and you know some of the independent federations that have been around. And and I truly I truly believe this. Uh, I believe that Southern wrestling fans, and, and you know, I speak for myself. I can't speak for all. I, I I'm in, in total agreement with Rodney Mack and, and with Hollywood Chuck. I am involved when there is a story involved or you feel that uh, something is going somewhere, whether or not there's a swerve in it or, you know, this, that, or the other is irrelevant. But when there's actual storytelling involved in the ring, you know, and you and I have talked about this before, you know, all you need Mm -hmm. to have a wrestling match is a good guy and a bad guy and a referee, you know. And if the story's being told well in the ring, the story that's being told, you know, on camera during a promo or – you know, by a manager, it, it will all fall into line. It, it will all fall into place. You know, but that ring psychology of being able to tell a story, you know, God, you know, it's and and I go through and I and I, and I watch the televised product today, or I watch you know what what people consider to be an exciting match, and I don't know if it it, it just happened more you know from from being burnt out on it. And don't get me wrong, I love Daniel Bryant. But I can watch a Daniel Bryant match in my in my head over and over and over again because he is trapped in doing literally the same moves at the same time over, during any given match over and over, over, and, over and over again. Yeah. I think if you know, they would let him loose like he was in Ring of Honor, oh, my God, you know, absolutely phenomenal. You know, the other interesting point that they brought up and – and and I think this was brought up uh th- this was brought up about AJ Styles when AJ Styles left TNA whether or not and, and I'm not doubting AJ I'm uh, me very least of all people could doubt someone's athletic ability or or their or their, their or what kind of shape they're in but there was you know talk about well could AJ Styles wrestle in the independents again where fans are are, are accustomed to seeing 30 and 35 minute matches whereas from coming from TNA he was wrestling 3 to 5 minute matches true you know um, so it you know it's one of those things you know about you know Rodney talking about you know guys back in the old days you know Rick Flair you know and even you know even a more modern era Shawn Michaels Bret Hart you know <laughs> several others being able to to wrestle, you know, 45 minutes, 60 minutes, you know. And now, well, you know, that that's one of my criticisms is, you you know, ring entrances included, you're talking about a seven-minute match. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, speaking of, I don't know if anyone's watched the Mid-South, the Legends of Mid-South. Um, they talk about Ric Flair and how he would go 60 minutes and Cherry Taylor, you know, which, if you looked at Terry Taylor back in the day, you'd think, this is a pretty conditioned athlete. He talks right. about Ric Flair almost killing him. He would sit there and watch Ric Flair drink, partied up, the, like, right before the match, and Terry Taylor's like, you know, what are you doing? Are you crazy? And then Ric Flair gets out there, and, like, after half an hour, Terry's like, please pin me. You're killing me. Please pin right. me. And I think with the way that the product is being produced now, you really can't have 
60-minute matches because what kind of story would you tell? Because like they said, you got people who can't tell stories. You know, it would be just a 60-minute of, you know, one-upsmanship. No, I agree you know what with I'm you. Saying? No, I, I agree with you 100%. And one of the things uh, that I did this past weekend, uh, pretty much because it was sheer boredom, I popped in uh, a DVD of the uh, the Shawn Michaels story, mm-hmm. you know, Heartbreak and Triumph. And, you know, God, I wish the WWE would have waited a few more years to put that out because, you know, I, I, I think what we saw was uh, what was in the DVD was, you know, was true to an extent. Uh, but I believe it was also watered down because they weren't quite ready to pull back the curtain like they did with the CM Punk DVD. Um, but Shawn Michaels talks about uh, knowing that he would have to do cardio and get himself in a better shape when he wrestled Bret Hart. You know that they in the Iron Man match that they that he knew that he was going to have to give it his all. Uh, you know, just you know things like that. And, and you know, Rodney mentioned. Uh, Rodney mentioned, you know, that he would like to have had a chance to to, to go at a, a Stone Cold Steve Austin or go at a Shawn Michaels, uh, just to prove to himself, you know, that he still that he still had it, you know, right. that, that he is capable of, yeah. you know, going going sixty minutes still to this day, and you know, I, I think that's one of the things that you know, along with the ring psychology. Uh, you wrap it all together into a giant wrestling burrito, folks, and, you know, what you've got is what you've got. You know, you've got televised it wrestling. No, you've got televised wrestling that is cardboard cookie cutout every week, you know. Or you can check out some indie shows that are going to be in your area, and you can go and you can you can see a match that will go 20, 25, 30 minutes, if not longer. You know, now don't get me wrong, there are some Ring of Honor matches that, that go a, an extended length of time, and, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But it's better than the, the seven-minute miracle that we're presented with each week on most major channels. Right, and even back in the day when wrestling, you know, because – I'm dating myself here, folks. Uh, when I was growing up, before cable <clears throat> happened, you got one hour of wrestling. It, it came on every Saturday, Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling, from 12 to 1. Now, you can't do, you know, a whole lot of, you know, like long matches, but I don't ever remember being bored. Mm-hmm. You know? And they had quote-unquote jobbers, um doing things, and I was still not bored watching Magnum T.A. beat somebody with a belly-to-belly in, like, you know, 20 seconds. You know, that didn't bother me because, you know, Magnum was great. And all these people, they could tell a story. I mean, that I Quit match and everything that led up to that I Quit match between Magnum and Tully, gold. Mm -hmm. There's nothing like that anymore, and I hate, hate that there's not any storytelling or any any feud like that. I mean, we could talk about Mark Henry. That promo he cut, he had me too because I was crying. I felt bad yeah, I rem- for the man. I remember you. And, I remember you going on about that. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, he had me. 
And that's what we need. We need people that can get up on that mic and have you, have you by the, you know, they've got you in the palm of their hands and you're you're hanging on every word and you're wanting to know what's the next thing they're going to say. Not, you know, oh, I mean, I think that's one thing that they need to start teaching down in, in NXT is how to cut a promo. Hmm. You know, and how to tell a story. And I agree with you. And you know, and I, I was the biggest, you know, when that, when that storyline, you know, was injected in, you know, to cover for, for one month. You know, I don't know if it was just a filler. You know, obviously it was, it was just a filler. You know, my hand to God. I, I swear to you, that that, that could have been, one of the best, one of the best feuds of 2013 if it had been let to run. But, you know, it was, it, was, it was over before it started. You know, they go yeah, into the pay-per-view. Yeah, you're exactly right. They go into the pay-per-view, and, you know, and, of course, you know, John Cena being who, they, who he is, uh, does the Super Cena and, and, and wins. And my whole thought process on it was, God, this is just another one that, you know, somebody, and, you know, it was very cool to hear Rodney Mack talk about it, you know, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet in the business, poured his heart and soul, you know, had that promo going, had everybody in that arena just going on, had him in, had mm-hmm. him baited. It set it up perfect, you know, and, and, we're, and we're left with a, a, a two-week turnaround time going into the pay-per-view and then the storyline squashed. That was it. Cena wins, everything's done. That was it. As always. Yeah. 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 So. Um, that was the closest to old school wrestling I'd seen from WWE in, in a, a long, long time. time. You're right. You're right. And I, maybe that's what it got. Maybe that's why I got us so excited, Laura. Maybe they could have put any. Maybe they could have put any two buffoons in there. They could have put. Hell, they could have put Zack Ryder and Jack Swagger in there, and we probably both would have been doing the same thing. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And, but, or maybe not so much. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Will Zack Ryder be um, at WrestleMania, folks? Yes, he will if he buys a ticket. So. Oh, poor Zack. Um, poor, poor Zack. Um, I do want to give a shout-out. I know we've got about five minutes. Um, if, if you guys aren't watching Dad, You Don't Work, You Wrestle, on YouTube, it comes from High Spots. It's George South and Jake Bullet Manning. If you're not watching this, you're totally missing out. George South is, you know, if you don't know who George South is, go Google him because um, you need to know. Uh, it's hilarious. He talks about the old days. He talks about what he's doing now. He talks about how the the woman at McDonald's gave him uh, grape jelly instead of strawberry jelly. Hilarious. Go check that out. Seriously. If you, you won't, you won't be disappointed. Very cool. Very cool. I had lost total track of where we were at. Oh, I know where we were I at. I think we're done. I think we are. I think we're almost done. Folks, next week's guest, he's been slumming it up, living it up. Down somewhere in Disney, out on Tinseltown Main Street. Yeah. But uh, good friend Disney. of the show. Good, yeah, downtown Disney. 
celebrating Patrick's Day two weeks early. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Sleaze, Eric Thompson will be with us. And, and folks, this isn't our, our normal interview. Uh, we're going to talk to Mr. Sleaze. We're going to pull the curtain back a little bit on him. And we're going to talk about wrestling with fatherhood. Should be, should be pretty cool. Yes. Should be very, very interesting. Uh, what it's like being an independent wrestler and also balancing that with being a dad. And, you know, a lot of folks know that some of the guests that we've had on, uh, some of them will admit to it and some of them won't, but, yes, they're married, have kids, divorced, have kids, whatever. They have kids. So, folks, we, uh, we certainly appreciate you being with us tonight. Uh, we thank you for all the support that you continue to give us. Laura, do you have anything you'd like to say to the fans? Just want to say thank you. I just got a friend request on Facebook just in the last five minutes. Um, I just want to say thanks for the support and all the feedback. And don't forget, if you want to be a guest host, uh, send me a message on Facebook. Put it on our status. Uh, tweet us. If you vine us, let us know what your vine is because, unfortunately, we don't have a vine. Uh, if you Instagram, let me know what that is because I have an Instagram. The show does not. But just thanks a lot. And, it's, you know, we're here because of you guys. And like we said last week, Bob and I would just be talking to ourselves, um, you know, if, if, you know, if it weren't for you guys, that's what we'd be doing is just, you know, talking about wrestling to ourselves. And that's, you know, fine and good. But we want to say thanks for putting up with us and supporting us and all that good kind of stuff. Folks, we're here every Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Eastern. If you'd like to go back in the archives and listen to a show, you can find us on Blog Talk Radio. You can just search live from the Armory. We're also on iTunes. Go to iTunes, go to the search bar, type in Armory, go down to the podcast link, click that, and you'll find our show there as well. Folks, it's been great having you. We uh, appreciate Rodney Mack and Hollywood Chuck being on the show with us tonight. We will be back next next Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. And just remember, folks, There is never a bad seat here at the Armory. We'll see you next week. Thank you, folks. Good night.